This is the Influence Audio Experience. Good everyone, welcome to this episode of Influence. This is episode number five, and we have a very special guest from the ABC. This is Sarah. Sarah, how are you going today? I'm great, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Um, so Sarah, do you wanna go, we'll jump straight into it. Do you wanna give us a brief overview of what your story is and what your role is at the moment? So I'm a journalist at the ABC. Um, I've been a journo for five years. I started out in commercial television and I started out as a video journalist, actually, which nice, is sort of what nice. you do, um, which, meant, which sort of means you are filming all your own work, you're out chasing stories, coming back, um, putting it all together and getting it on the news. I started out in regional South Australia and then went into, I um, actually moved overseas. Do you want the whole story? How much of the story do you have? Give us, give us summarised version the, of the, the condensed version, the condensed. yeah. I worked overseas as a journalist there. Um, and then I came back to Channel 9, worked in Adelaide, which is my hometown. I was at Channel 9 for a year and I've been at ABC for nearly a year now. So I um, am now, yeah, a TV journalist. I'm no longer a video journalist. It yep. means I have a cameraman as well, um, a team, work together. I still edit my own stories and obviously do all the writing, but it just means you have, um, I guess, a teammate out on the road with you, which is, which is nice. Nice. Well, where did you go overseas? I was working in Manchester. Manchester. Yeah. Nice. Um, my partner actually needed to move over there and so I'd been in the country I'd been in the industry for about a year and a half, so it was a quite a big jump, but I was really keen to get some experience. And um, I was with my video journalist skills, I was lucky to land a job um, at a local TV station there. So that was really cool. Nice. Um, it was really fun to work in a different country with different politics and a different culture. Yeah, I can Having imagine. a different accent, um, <laughs> but it was great. It was really great. Nice. And were there obviously some challenges moving over to the UK, and especially when you're starting, um, how competitive is media? when you were going through it and were there any challenges, you know, just trying to find a place where you could get your story through? So I'd, I didn't know if I wanted to be a journalist when I was at school. I actually loved acting um, and I found out how competitive the, the acting yes. world was. Um, and I thought, oh, if I want to be an actress and I, I love TV and I love performing, maybe journalism would, would mm. suit what I like to do. And I've always loved storytelling. So I decided to do a journalism degree, but uh, I'm not going to live for the first, well, the first lecture I sat down in, I was told there were no jobs, um, the pay was terrible, it's super competitive, and if you want to be a TV reporter, you haven't got a chance. That's exactly what you want to hear in the first lecture, isn't it? Now, it was brutal, and I, I was a bit disheartened, but then at the same time, I think it got rid of the people that weren't really serious mm. about becoming, like, entering that industry. Yeah. Um, and I, by no means, was the brightest in my year at all, um, or probably the hardest working. But I was really determined to, to get the experience I needed to um, get my foot in the door. Mm. And I did placement after placement after placement when I, uh, in my final year of university. I also travelled a lot, and I feel like world experience and life experience um, is also really important yeah. in, in this job. People skills and that kind of thing. Um, so... Yeah, when I finished up uni, I actually got my first job um, at Channel 10, and that was from a work experience um, placement that oh, I did nice. for a week, and then I stuck around and helped out with the kids' TV channel, and I, within a month of me finishing uni, the news director offered me an on-screen, you know, part-time gig, and I remember coming home and actually crying to my <laughs> mum, because you get, you get told for four years there's no jobs, and yeah. you know what? Someone has, to, has, someone has to get a job, yeah. and only a couple of us probably did end up with TV gigs, um, you know, straight out of uni, it, it, it is tough. But I 
like things that are challenged and when someone says to me you can't do it um, you know I, I like to prove people wrong and I think w in this industry you have to be pretty resilient and um, yeah so that's sort of how I started out and so then I got my first job in the country because I really wanted to go regional um, to get basically to learn how to film and to learn how to edit just yeah. because of the way the industry is changing so went to Wyala got that experience and then went to the UK now the UK was a kind of different but similar market um, and yeah it was actually really intimidating because I wasn't I mean I wasn't really experienced I didn't have years and years behind me um, but luckily I had the right skills in terms of filming and editing which got me the gig so if I hadn't gone to the country I wouldn't have actually got an on-screen yeah. job and I was also in a, just in a really good place at a really good time and um, Manchester actually a lot of Australians moved to London um, okay. and work in the media there and yeah. by all means like there's so much that's where that's where it's at however uh, Manchester is actually the kind of second hub of media um, the BBC do their breakfast show out of uh, Manchester. They move the whole production up there. ITV, which is their big commercial t um, TV station, also work out of there So as a second hub. So there's heaps of opportunity there. So it, yeah, it worked out really well, but it definitely was, um, it was overwhelming. And I remember, I remember when I first got over there, and oh, well, even before I, I left, I had a friend teaching me about the politics. And this is all before Brexit. So I, I covered yep. Brexit and I covered um, that whole change that Europe and um, the UK went through. And, yeah, that was really cool. Um, mm. But it definitely was it was challenging, but it was it was it was fun. And yeah, lots of challenges, obviously, with everything. You know, just moving to a new country alone is a huge challenge. But then having to integrate into their way of working was they're different things, mainly in terms of you know Australian media and how they operate around you know production. And then moving to the UK was it fairly similar in that in that regard of production. Yeah, definitely. I think the standard of news. Um, we, we have the ABC, they have the BBC, yeah. we have commercial channels, they have Sky News, ITV, similar, similar structure. And I think um, I'm really lucky in my profession that as a journalist it is quite an international job. And I didn't really um, consider that when I went into my degree, but I, I love that now because aside from journalism, my passion is travel. So I love that I have a, a job that I could, I, th I think I could move to Dubai and get a job. Yeah. Like I, I, I back myself and I could do that. You know, as long as I can, English is, it's pretty handy speaking English in, in this Western modern world, I guess, because, yeah. um, you know, it's, I guess it's pretty, well, it's not common, it's not the most spoken language, but it's, I think probably the most, is it the second most spoken language as a second language? As yeah, a second language. Definitely. So, you know, you can rock up, you know, with a, with a visa and a, um, I guess, a CV and, and give it a hot crack, which, which I did, which was mm. cool. Is Dubai the dream destination? No, I've, that was just an offhand comment. I just I actually know a lot of reporters that have gone to Dubai. Um, I've never even been there. But what I just meant was yeah, there's so many yeah. different cultures and um, so many different places and opportunities to, to work in. Yeah. Yeah. And you brought up before how obviously the media is changing a lot. And with the age of social media now and the internet the way it is, how is that affecting the way information is spread? How stories before maybe you have it aired on one show but now you can you know multi-platform so many different ways you can get your news out there has that affected the way that you're creating and documenting absolutely even i mean i feel like i'm i'm an, in early stages of my career i mean i'm five years into my career so i'm not brand new but mm. I'm, i haven't been doing it for a billion years and even in those five years um i've seen journalism not change but i guess alter mm. the way um it works. So I guess one way of looking at it is when I started out, my first job um, with Channel 10 was you have a cameraman and you, you work with them and you produce a TV story for the five o'clock bulletin. And yes, you, you tweet. Mm. Now, 
five years later on the ABC. Um, I still have cameramen, but I also file for radio and online. Mm. Now, online is something that I had, well, digital is, I've never done, I've written for television, but yeah. not for print. Um, so as a journal at the ABC, you, you report for all three platforms. So whatever story I'm out on, I'm not just thinking about what pictures we're shooting and if I have to do a live cross in five minutes time, mm. I'm thinking about what time is it, it's midday, I've got to get that up for, um, for the midday yeah. radio bulletin and all oh, that online piece, I need to get the copy, I need to email it through. Now that's not even with social media. So <laughs> then you're thinking about obviously Twitter, Twitter's important. Yeah. Um, it's where a lot of, I guess, breaking news and communication happens. And then Facebook, which is sort of, you know, a whole other platform. And I mean, I get a lot of my news from Facebook. I think um, yeah. most people, a lot of people do these days, especially probably the younger generation. Mm. Um, I think a lot of, when, when, when we went, obviously there's been paper cuts, uh, sorry, uh, digital jobs that have, sorry, mixing up my words here. Papers have suffered as a yeah. result of, um, I guess, social media. However, I, and it's often my, my dad, when I was studying at university, said, oh, you know, like the papers are getting cut and everything's going online and journalist jobs are going to go, you know, get cut. And like, he's right. Like, journalist jobs, it's tougher and there's less of them and there's less budget. However, I think the need for news now is more important than ever because people require information all the time. They want to be updated. They want to know exactly what's happening on the ground. Back in the day, it was the 7 p.m. news and then it was like the next 7 p.m. news or it was the morning paper and then you read the news the next day. Now, people want news all the time. Even if they don't want it, they're consuming it yeah, all the time. 100%. So I, I'm really positive about our industry. Yes, I understand that we face challenges all the time and we need to adapt, mm. but I think it's an amazing time to be a journalist. And it's part of the reason I went to the country and learned how to film yep. was because maybe, I, don't, I hope this doesn't happen, but you know, maybe they do cut cameraman jobs in 20 years time when I'm still a journalist. And I need to be able to pick up a camera and say, it's okay, I've got this, I can film this yeah. story. Um, so yeah, social media definitely, and the internet has of course, transformed the way we do our job. Uh, but I don't think that necessarily is a bad thing. I think it's an exciting thing and you just need to adapt with the change and, and move with the times. Mm. And you talked briefly about how the age of people that are wanting to consume media is it's decreasing. So people that are younger constantly looking on their phone, scrolling through social media and seeing this news and they're more interested in it than maybe previously, maybe 20 years ago, a 15 year old wouldn't have the same interest in current affairs because maybe it wasn't as accessible. And social media has obviously played a huge role in that. And also the change in you know, the industry and the media industry How's it changed being a reporter? Do you have to kind of taper sort of the way you're presenting information because you know those younger audiences are listening now? And maybe in terms of the way you speak or the language that you're using, because maybe there's a 12-year-old that was really keen on Brexit and previously maybe you were just catering to the higher age demographic. Yeah, I think... Mm, I wouldn't say I've cha we would change a lot the way we, we deliver the news because when you learn to write as uh, like when you report mm. you all you always aim i think i think the rule is like yeah the news needs to be written so that a 12 year old can understand it okay so you would never make something more complex or le less complex i guess the way you you know get it up online and whether it's pictures or video and something engaging like sure but i mean how do you get your news social media is definitely the main place where i'm going um I don't watch the television okay much anymore do you facebook is it mainly facebook for news or is it I use the news app through 
Apple or just online sources, so maybe online newspapers. Okay. Yeah, so I think our online team definitely has a really big focus on what kind of story is going to do well online because mm. a radio story or a TV story might be really beautiful pictures or it might be really interesting content, but does it have, does it go, mm, I really want to read that, like yeah, click, because yeah. that's at the end of the day what you know, you want for those online stories. You mm. want people to open them and read them. So our online team has a huge focus on, we really think about now what we put up online. It's not just, let's just get everything up. It's, okay, is this story interesting? Why is it interesting? What's interesting about it? What's the best part? Um, I really love that I get to incorporate taking photos. Mm. So I take my, like we've got, you know, Canon cameras that we have here and we just take them out. Um, so, you know, our cameras are filming and then we're taking photos as well and we then get them, get them up for the online trip on the online version um, yeah and, that, and that's and that's a way of engaging people but I wouldn't say I report differently differently I, you, you write slightly differently for online that you do television yep. or quite differently but it, you're still delivering the same information and at the end of the day you still have the same values it's got to be balanced it's got to be accurate you know that definitely. We, we can't yeah yeah I get what you mean 100% and we're just going to shift the direction of this now you know we've gone into the media and that's mm -hmm. how it's impacted your life Pursuing your passion and, you know, following what you've always wanted to do, or maybe it's a passion which has emerged recently. Uh, you said you didn't want to be, it wasn't your main interest to be a reporter right from the get-go. And, you know, you've come into the role and now you're exploring so many different aspects of it. How important do you see for young people in particular to follow what they're really passionate about? I think passion is the most important part of a young person and, and an older person's life and their job. Um, I can't imagine working in a job that didn't inspire me, didn't excite me. Don't get me wrong, everyone has their day where, you know, it's not the best day in the world. Yeah. But I love what I do. I truly love what I do. I feel very, um, I guess, lucky um, and fortunate to be able to be trusted to tell people's stories because I love people and I'm a people person. And that's what I love about my job. Um, other people, other journalists are different. They, they love their job for different reasons. I just love me meeting really quirky people that have just amazing stories or have done something incredible or have even, you know, the, those that have faced horrible, horrible times and they're, and they're trusting you to tell their story. Um, so for me, my passion, I guess, is storytelling and it's people and it's being out and having a different day every day because when you're out on the road as a journalist, you don't ever do the same story mm. twice. You might do a similar story, yes. but it will be different. It will be with different people. It will be at different sites um, about different topics with different opinions. Um, yeah, I, I guess I can't stress enough how important it is to have a passion. My parents brought me up. I was very fortunate to be brought up by two parents um, who said, Sarah, you can do whatever you want. You Whatever you want to do, whatever you put your mind to, you can do. And I don't think at the time I truly, A, believed them, yeah. <laughs> um, or B, you know, thought that would, that would work out. But I guess them backing me and believing in my own ability to pursue something that I love actually turned out all right, which is really nice to look at. And I've got friends that, that don't love their jobs. Um, and I think that's really common. I think I'm really lucky to be passionate about my job. But I think my, <laughs> this is a bit lame, but I wrote in my school book when I finished um, back 10 years ago now, um, my quote was, I think it was, find a passion, find a passion, uh, here we go, make a career out of your passion and yeah. you never work a day in your life. And I think that's really true because 
there's days that I go out and I do my job and I honestly think, I can't believe I'm being paid to do this. Um, it's not every day, yeah. but it is, you know, you cover stories and you get to go to places and you get to, to meet people and you just think, gosh, I'm so lucky. Um, so whatever your passion is, whether it's like, obviously, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I, I just think find your passion, work out a way that you can earn money from it and make it happen. And I think in this day and age, we're really lucky. Our parents' generation probably um, worked the same job for 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, my mum was an intensive care nurse. Now she's just got her first job as a lawyer. She's 56. It's never, ever, ever too late to do what you love and to go after it. My mum had four kids and she like quit her career to have a family and now she's become a lawyer. I mean, far out. If she, like, if she can do it at age 56, anyone can do something that they love if they really put their you know, mind to it. And I, I, I truly believe that being super, super smart or um, having money behind you, that, kind of, it, that doesn't matter. It's about hard work and dedication because you can be bright, but you can have no drive. But if you are driven to succeed and to like, push no matter what, I think you, know, you can make it happen. Definitely. And you were talking about you know, coming to work each day, there's times where you know, you may have the downs, but most of the time it's, I can't believe this is happening. Um, is there times where, you know, it's all about storytelling, where you feel as if maybe if I do a little passion project on the side, something that you want to explore more, do you find yourself, is there ever an opportunity to, you know, you choose the stories, but is there some times where, you know, you might make something on the side that's not for work? Uh, do you have little things like that that you... A little bit. Uh, with the ABC, we're really fortunate. They really encourage original content. They don't... We, 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 we chase the news every day, yep. but they want us coming up with original story ideas as much as possible. So I'm lucky in the sense that I get to, if there's a topic that you know is important and there's something happening and you bring it to the table and you say, hey, this is happening, we need to cover this. That's really cool because you often get to do things that you're passionate about. Um, I recently went out with Greenpeace into the Great Australian, well, not into the Great Australian Bight, but in the area, just off the coast of Port Lincoln. And it was um, discussing a basically proposal to drill in the Great Australian Bight, um, and it was a, you know it was a balanced story. We interviewed both sides, but I was literally off the coast swimming with sharks and sea lions. <laughs> um, it was amazing, like it was you know incredible. And I love marine life and um, something I'm passionate about. And so you can you know I guess in that sense it's really cool because you get to do what you love and you also get to to report the news. Um, I've done my own stuff in terms of traveling when I've had holidays. I love filming and I love making video mm. content. Um, so yeah, I, that would be my little side thing. I do find though, sometimes at the end of the day, um, I consume so much news and when you're at work, you're on top of it 24 seven. Yeah. There's two different types of journalists. You're either a news hound or you're, you're, you're not. Um, I, I'd say I'm not, I, I like the news, but when I have a day off, I actually really like to, to, to zone out. I don't, you know, if something massive happens, I'll be across it. But if nothing significant happens, I'll just catch up on what I've missed when I get back to work or the night before I go back to work, if it's just two days off. I find that I'm more mm, passionate and engaged with what's going on if I give myself a bit of a break. Yeah. And I think with social media these days, people are so consumed by everything. Sometimes it's just nice to actually just put yeah. the phone down. Yeah. And for me, like, like I love my job, but my family and my fiance and my friends, like. They're, that's that's my life and you know spending time with them and beautiful dinners and like that that for me is yeah, really important yeah. so um, I think it's important to have a balance in, yeah, in both work and life yeah and it's kind of a bit off topic but there's a lot of people out there and a lot of people that 
you know, I consume media from they're entrepreneurs and they're always, you know, their philosophy is work, work, work. And it's every day nonstop because if you don't, it's not going to, you know, eventuate. And I think something that's often missing is just that break, you know, it's, Absolutely. it's okay to take a day off because, you know, if, if it's 10 o'clock on a Sunday night and you've got an assignment due the next day and your brain's just not working, you can't push yourself to do it. You might need to negotiate an extension or something like that. It's just taking that time and knowing yourself and uh, saying, yeah, this just isn't going to happen. Do you find that you know, self-awareness in your work is huge? Massive, massively important. And in so many different industries, you see people burn out mm. um, because they don't take breaks or they just, yeah, I mean, also, I think it's, um, I think it's Sweden um, that have got this, they've basically shortened their weeks. I think they're working like four and a half days as opposed to five days and the productivity is much better. Mm. Um, I think if you work really hard, do it, but, but do it in a time frame that you actually have time off because yeah, you could do a 15 hour day, but are you actually going to work productively? So if you are studying, you know, go, if you're feeling overwhelmed, go for a walk. Go sit down, have some dinner, have a chat to your parents, do whatever you need to do, and then come back refreshed. Or, or yeah, give yourself the day off or night off if it means that you're going to be able to function better tomorrow. My sister's studying, she studies really badly at night. So she just knows that she works really hard during the day. And then when it comes to the evening, she knows she can't function. Yeah. And so that's her time. Um, and, you know, and that works really well for her. So I think you need to find what works well for you. But once you are in your career, we, like I'm 28, are you 18? 17. 17. I mean, our careers, like, we're going to be working up until we're probably 65, 70. Yeah. We won't be retiring like our parents. We're going to be working a lot longer. Um, all of us are. And that needs to be sustainable. Definitely. There's no point burning out and crashing and, you know, hating your work. And, and mental health is so important, like, as well. Like, if, you, if you're burning yourself out and you're overworking yourself, it's just, yeah... I don't know. I, I, I'm really fortunate in my job in the way that once the news goes out, generally speaking, until I come back the next day, there's not going to be another story yeah. that is... I mean, sometimes sometimes you have to follow things, but often when you're back the next day, you know, then you do the news again and then you do your story again. Um, whereas I know my partner's work, you know, he's a director of a software company and he's constantly having to check emails and phone calls and that's really hard. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really hard for a lot of people, but I think it's just... Sometimes people need to tell you, take a step back and chill. Chill, yeah, 100%, <laughs> take a chill pill. Um, a big thing that I've seen a lot of recently is the connection between creating and documenting. Uh, so with news, it's, I'm assuming that there's a lot of documenting what's happening, but then you said you also get that freedom to go and create mm. and choose the area that you want to look at. What do you think is more important? Do you think it's more important for young people to create or to document things that are happening? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I think, because um, I think I do both. Mm. I think you're right. Um, because I think you can document in a really creative way. Definitely. Um, if you're talking about in a new, yeah, because if you're talking about in a new sense, that's what you do. You, you document something, but you do it and you tell the story in a way that engages people. If you actually told a story, sometimes just the hard facts, it would just, people wouldn't take it in. They wouldn't yeah. listen. They'd switch off. It would be too complicated as well. Sometimes, you know, Sometimes we interview amazing scientists and they're so intelligent, but the way they speak, you can't... It's, it's just really, all numbers. We have to it's translate just, it. Yeah. We have to break it down. Yeah. Um, and I, I often spend a lot of time just, can you say that one more time? Just a little bit more simpler. But, we need 12 year olds to understand <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I couldn't understand it. Um, and so that's a way of, I guess, being creative about the way that you, know, you present the news. In terms of, I guess, uh, just the av average person, people do document everything, don't they? I mean... Mm. 
you think about it these days, like everything is online. Social media, it's just yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of grateful that I grew up without social media. Um, I think social media is great, but I think it also has, I think it'd be really hard growing up with social media. My brother's your age um, and everything he puts up, like is on, it's just, it's just up. Like whatever Once it's stupid thing he yeah. does, yeah. not that he does that much stupid stuff, but like, I wouldn't want to see what I've been posting when I was 14 years old. Oh my gosh, like what was I wearing? Or what was, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, the haircut, that was terrible. Where I, none of those pictures for me are online. Whereas your generation, I guess, is we're the same generation, but your age group, I guess, um, everything's up and people have kind of got to be careful about what they document. Um, I think they've got to, you know, when you're, a teenager and you're younger, you're thinking, right now, my life, it's amazing, you're cool. But you've also got to sort of think, well, shivers, is a future employer going to, you know, log into Facebook yeah. and see who that person is and see something that's up? And yeah, you've got to be really careful about how much you document. Um, but but it's love. It's great to share and I'm, and I'm all for that. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely try and keep my, um, like, you know, I have colleagues and stuff on Facebook and we're, you know, everyone's friends and stuff. But you, you do try and keep your work and your personal life separate. But these yeah. days, because of social media, I feel like they do kind of intertwine and um, you've got to be careful not to cross that line too much and, yeah, make sure what you put up is presentable. 100%, 100%. <laughs> um, this is something that we always do on the podcast. It is asking you, what are you obsessed with at the moment? Hmm. Not work-related, preferably. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm a really... <laughs> Obsessive person that makes you sound crazy. <laughs> I have been obsessed with lots of things. I love I love people with passions. Yeah. Some of my favorite stories that I've ever done are people that are really passionate about quirky things. Like I did this amazing story with um about a, a steam train in England and the, the train spotters, like they're just the best because they're so obsessed with trains. They go all over the country. So I'm kind of like, I kind of love a lot of things. Um, <laughs> so this is a hard question for me to answer. I love whales, <laughs> I love pasta, um, but I must admit at the moment, I hate to say it, I've sort of been, I don't know if I'm obsessed, but I've been consumed by wedding planning. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm getting married in December. Oh, and congratulations. Thank you. It's just a really big job. Yeah. Um, and you, it's the funniest thing because you stress and fuss over the silliest things. Like, what size is this serviette? We, like, this serviette is too big to Get use. Get the tape measure out. Seriously. Yeah. Like, the other day I had to calculate olives. Um, how many olives in kilograms do you think 140 people will eat for a little nibble? It's nine kilograms. Nine. Yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't have guessed. I mean, who would have thought? Like the the things you have to discuss and consider and not stress over. But yeah, it's a it's a bit ridiculous. Um, but I'm sure it'll all <laughs> work out. Yeah. But yes, I'd say I'm kind of obsessed slash consumed by the wedding industry at the moment. It's actually really interesting from a work perspective too because it's such a huge industry. And yeah, it is. Um, yeah, a, a lot of people go through it at some stage in their life. So. Yeah. <laughs> what are you uh, obsessed with at the moment? That's a really good question. Um, doing this podcast <laughs> is, although it's, you know, we're involved with it now, but just I found myself reaching out a lot more, going to events that I wouldn't normally have gone to, meeting mm -hmm. people that, you know, I wouldn't have been associated with previously. One thing that's really stood out for me is obviously the podcast. It's been a huge passion project for me on the side alongside my schoolwork, but listening to people talk and going to all these different events where there's people from different schools and different ages and cultures and just listening to their stories. It's been huge for me. And in particular, listening to people at, uh, they're called open format poetry nights. Uh, there's a few around my local area and there's also some in the city that I find myself going to. And they're super interesting because 
there's a microphone, people listening, and you can get up there and say whatever you want. Uh, it could be poetry, it could be just a thought that's been on your mind, and then just listening in the crowd, watching everyone's eyes just stare and just absorb it all. It's, it's a crazy thing. And I think podcasts are just another way as well to, you know, get your thoughts out there. And it's so easy to consume audio. Uh, everyone's yeah. moving, everyone's got headphones in, and it's just so easy to reach people through voice. And yeah, that's been a huge thing for me um, in recent times. Also listening to podcasts as well. Something I never thought I'd do. I thought music is just kind of the thing. Uh, but yeah, reading books a lot more now and listening to audio, it's been huge. That's great. Um, and last bit, following your work, where can we follow everything that you produce? Uh, is it, well, yeah, how, do we, how do we go about it? It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. You can watch the 7 p.m. ABC News Bulletin every night. <laughs> I'm not on it every single night, but pretty often. Um, I'm also on Twitter, which is underscore Sarah Hancock. Pretty sure it's that. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I guess Twitter and Twitter and on 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 the, on the TV. Um, yeah, and who knows where? Who knows where else in the future? What other social media platforms we'll have? But definitely. <laughs> that, yeah, it's crazy. Everything's changing. Everything uh, is changing, but I think it's exciting. It is. Yeah. Hundred percent. So that's that's going to be all for episode five. This was awesome, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for really appreciate me. it. Um, <laughs> So yeah, definitely check out you know, the ABC News at 7 uh, if you want to see everything that Sarah's up to. Um, and also if you want to keep following the Influence Experience, make sure that you know, give the YouTube page a subscribe and also drop a like on Facebook, you know, it always helps. Apart from that, thank you so much for tuning in today. See you later. G'day everyone, hope you really enjoyed this episode of Influence. Truly grateful for you tuning in and please let me know what you thought.